You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Brian, I got a whole lot of names on a list. My list of questions for you is basically a whole bunch of guys to ask about how they're doing so well. Um, things are looking okay. awfully good in, in Yankee land these days, at least among the guys who are healthy. Uh, I think the guy who intrigues me most is Mark Teixeira, who has really gotten off to a strong start. Is this just a matter of him finally being healthy? I, I think you're seeing a lot of that. I think that that right wrist injury, and, and we've talked about it a bunch, uh, it really takes a full year to come back from that. You can get on the field and you can play, but there were so many times last year he, he was hindered by that. Uh, there was lingering soreness. He doesn't have any of that right now. I mean, he preventatively, preventatively ices it. Uh, you know, you see him in the clubhouse with ice on the wrist, but it's it's not because he's in pain. It's just to, to make sure he's not in pain. So that's a big improvement from last year. One other thing that I think is, is notable, and, and you look at the nine home runs now, uh, last year, if you threw him a fastball up, uh, there was a good chance he wasn't going to get around on it. He'd foul it back. Now that wrist is so much stronger. He, he's getting around on those pitches, and he's punishing a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his numbers, and they're interesting because the batting average is not good, and yet nearly oh. every other indicator is good. He's walked more than he's struck out. Um, you know, he's never been one of those insane 180 strikeout guys, but the strikeouts are at a reasonable number. I mean, it just seems like – it almost seems like there's room for him to get better. It seems like there's room for him to get some more singles and doubles while, I mean, he's not going to probably hit 60 home runs this year, but it seems like there's room for improvement even within this encouraging start. There was a point this year where I actually did the numbers, and he was on pace for over 60 homers, and he would have had less than 20 singles. Now, I don't think that that's going to really happen, but uh, I think you're seeing him lose a lot of those singles to the shift, and this goes back to what we were saying in spring training with him, and he was asked the same question we seem to ask him every year, at least the last three or four or five years, how are you going to beat the shift? And he said the way to beat the shift is to hit doubles and homers, and so far that's what he's doing. Do you think 2010-2011 is a, is a reasonable thing to expect from him, 250-ish in the 30s in home runs, batting on base in the 340, 350, 360 kind of range at season's end? Yeah, I mean, he's digging himself a little bit of a hole here with the, the 200 batting average. Uh, he may not be able to climb out of that, but if you look at the OPS and, and you're right, the slugging, the on-base, uh, all that, all those numbers look good. So, uh, you know, I think that Teixeira is a key case of if people want to make the point that batting average isn't everything, look at that because I think that your mind tells you, the eye test tells you, this guy's having a good year, and then you look at the batting average and you say, eh, he's not really having a good year. Yes, he is. He's, he's giving the Yankees power. He's giving them everything that, uh, that they're asking for. He's driving in runs. Even when he's not getting hits, he's lifting sack flies, he's being productive. Uh, Mark Teixeira is having a pretty good start to the year. Another guy who is having a pretty good start to the year. We can't, I think we didn't talk about him last week, so we're contractually obligated this week. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, kind of a similar... Uh, shape to his numbers, not a great batting average, drawing his walks, hitting his home runs. Uh, he got a little funky before hitting 660. Uh, how does he overall just kind of look at the plate? That's kind of an odd assortment of numbers from him. How does he look to you at the plate? Yeah, I, I think he went in a little bit of a funk there, and he even acknowledged he was pressing uh, about the milestone. This is something that he's dealt with before. Uh, when he was sitting on 600, he, he was pressing a little bit there, and it took a while to get it, I think. He got a 3-0 pitch at Fenway. He hit that bomb in the left field season. That ball got out in a hurry. Uh, 
I think that the one thing you're seeing with Alex is, look, he's, he's going to strike out. He, he is. It's just going to happen. But when he makes contact, I think he hits the ball about as hard as anybody in the American League right now, uh, consistently. So I think uh, whether it's the year off gave him a little life back in his legs, you know, he could he could swing the bat with a little more authority. Um, he, he looks better than the guy we saw at the end of 2013. I think that uh, that was pretty much the, the benchmark that I was going to go off. Uh, that's what I expected him to be, the, the player who came back in that weird kind of half season where he was hurt and then he came back and then he was suspended. And, uh, I, I think he's better than that guy right now. And I think that DHing has helped him. Uh, that's probably keeping him a lot fresher. He, he's hardly played in the field at all, which is basically the way the Yankees had envisioned it. But uh, they know he's there if they need him to, to step in at third or at first, and he's done that a handful of times, and uh, I expect that to continue. But if he can stay in the DH role and good communication with Girardi continues, uh, there's no reason why he can't continue to be this level of productive player for the rest of the year. You know that he has always struck out, and, and it, it's really remarkable to some extent. He struck out 104 times, hitting 358, uh, struck out 139 times, hitting 321. So it's always been there, but do you sense any degree to which he's maybe trading a little contact for power consciously? I, I think he probably wants to kill the ball. I think yeah, that's what you're seeing with uh, with 660 and why he was stuck on that. I mean, there was that game against the uh, the game at the stadium, the extra inning game. I, gosh, I even forget who it's against, but uh, he went 0 for 6 in that game, and uh, you could tell that he was coming out of his zone. He was chasing pitches. Uh, down. Um, I think that uh, if he can stay within himself and put his A swing, as he calls it, on the ball, uh, the results more often than not are, are going to be productive. Um, the Yankees are, look, the Yankees are very satisfied with what they've gotten from Alex so far. I think that not only has he been productive on the field, but he's been a good citizen in the clubhouse. And, and one thing that jumps out at me is what Brett Gardner said at Fenway. And Gardy said that uh, a lot of his teammates have come up. Uh, a lot of the guys on this team have not played with A-Rod. Um, a lot of those players have come up to Gardner and said, you know, he's a lot different than I thought he was going to be. Um, so I think that that's a good sign for the Yankees. Uh, you know, with what that relationship, how bad it looked, uh, the fact that he can come in there and, and it's not a toxic environment, it's actually a productive environment. He was helping out Didi Gregorius at shortstop. I, I think that Alex wants to rewrite the story as much as he possibly can, and uh, so far he's taken advantage of that opportunity. Excuse me, not just this year, but over recent years. And, and look, I, I was around him some when he was real young. He was never a, a bad guy. But do you think that he, his clubhouse presence has been misperceived over in recent years? I mean, again, none of us really know what these guys are like on the bus, on the plane. Uh, it, it's, it is, that's the truth. But do you think that people have, outside that clubhouse, outside the Yankees, have maybe had a misperception of, of what he's like as a teammate, as a guy in the clubhouse over several years? Well, I've never really heard that Alex is a bad teammate. If anything, it's, it's the converse. You know, he's been very generous with his money, with, with time, with helping out younger players. You know, before Didi, I can remember him with Robbie Cano and Melky Cabrera and Eduardo Nunez and, and taking these guys, especially the Spanish-speaking guys, and, and taking him, them under his wing and, and showing them what it is to be a, a young, rich, famous professional athlete in New York City in your 20s. Uh, you know, not that he played here in his 20s, but he's seen enough of it. Uh, so I think that he, uh, I, I think the problem with the perception of Alex is a lot of us only see what 
comes through the media, especially the fans at home. And a lot of times uh, Alex has been difficult with the media. I, I think that he has had to watch his words carefully. You know, I, I think that there's been a lot of times where he's put his foot in his mouth. There's been a lot of times where he's been places where he shouldn't be. Uh, the tabloids, obviously, anything he does will sensationalize it. So uh, you've seen more back pages with him than you probably would with other players. I think that uh, between the white lines, A-Rod is most comfortable. I think that that's the place where he really excels. I think that uh, he knows baseball inside and out. And it's been a treat. Now this year he's been a little more forthcoming with his analysis. I think that he's trying to maybe not step into the, the captain role, but be a leader and come back and, and be a positive influence on the team. And, and when he decides to break down a play or, or maybe expand upon what is going on between the lines, I, I think that he, uh, he sees things that other people don't see. I think he, he, his baseball IQ is off the charts. I think that uh, it's when he's not between those white lines that he can get himself into trouble. But thus far this year, he, he has seemed to be a different person. The, the, Brian Cashman's comments on the bonus were pretty clear, and, and not I didn't take them as particularly belligerent at all. It was just here's the, the, the understanding of here's the language, here's how we plan to proceed. Uh, a Rod doesn't and his camp don't seem to be rattling sabers. Do you think there's any chance that this whole thing passes without incident, or is that not possible? I wouldn't walk away from six million dollars, so I think it's a lot for to say that Alex will just forfeit and say, yeah, you're right. Um, I, you know, none of us have actually seen the actual contract. Um, we've gotten snippets of it. Brian Cashman said that at Fenway. He said, if you get a chance to read the contract, read it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Well, you know, if the Yankees want to fax one over, I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll take a look at it. But I think, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But what it says is that the Yankees have the right and not the obligation to pay for – the home run milestone. So if that's the case and, and it's cut and dry, um, you know, clearly I'm not a lawyer. Um, the Yankees can afford one. So can Alex. Uh, they could take that to arbitration and have a route to, to dispute that. If Alex thinks that he should get paid the $6 million, um, if the Yankees decide that they are absolutely not going to, which it sounds like. Um, but if it's there in writing and it says it's, it's basically like an option, Cashman made the point, it's, it's not like an innings pitch bonus where you say, all right, a guy, if he throws 200 innings, we pay him X amount of dollars. It's not that kind of agreement. So uh, this is different. It's something that's not in any other player's contract. Um, it's not going to be in any future contracts because it's been phased out, but this one's grandfathered in. So obviously this deal was set in 2007 when the landscape was a lot different than, than what we know now uh, regarding Alex. And so... I think that there's a very good chance that you'll be reading about this at some point in the offseason, but uh, I think for Alex's sake, he would prefer that it not come in. He used the term family business. I, I think he's going to try and get through the year and then deal with this and let the chips fall wherever they may at the end of the year. All right. Well, Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras. Thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.